that's like 12 grand <laughs> that I'm that you want me <laughs> to take off my price. Like, dude, I can't. So I don't know. I'm screwed. Yeah, screwed. I'm screwed. I'm I'm screwed. Oh, the drama. You got it rented. It's just a hard time of the year to rent something. I'll give you two grand for it. You're listening to the DC Real Estate Podcast, the podcast where we focus exclusively on all things local to the DMV area. Local investors, local knowledge, local experts. Our journey starts now. Hey, welcome back to this week's episode of the DC Real Estate Podcast. My name is Russell Brazil. I am an associate broker with Arla at Properties. This week, we're going to uh, go to the second part of our conversation with Madeline Lucier of Arla at Properties, 30 Under 30, an error winner. In uh, in last week, we talked about the first two of the four pillars of her business. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about the second two, which are flipping in her real estate sales business. So let's jump right back into that conversation. So let's talk about this. You mentioned that you renovated um, all of your rentals, highly yeah. renovated, right? Mm -hmm. And so that kind of pivots into... And the reason that's super easy for you is because really the primary thing you do in investing is you're a flipper, right? Yeah, that's where I your, started as a flipper. That's yeah. where your passion mm -hmm. kind of is. So tell us tell us about and that. And how you fundraise. I love <laughs> how you fundraise. It's like my favorite thing. What? Just how you raise give me funds. Money. Yeah. Oh. Um well, okay. My flipping, it started. So I was having like a slow season. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, before I started flipping, I had a house and that I house hacked. I rented out my when I was single, before I was married, before I had kids. Um, that's what you should do. The by good the way. old days. Audience, hey. So I had a house in Falls Church. I rented out the basement. I rented out all the rooms. Um, I collected rent. And then I met my husband and we moved. I sold it. So um but I was having like a slow season. I mean, I've been a realtor since I was like 22, mm -hmm. so forever. And I looked up on YouTube, uh, like how to make passive income. I was very, I <laughs> genuinely like knew nothing. Okay. I feel like everyone who listens to this podcast has done that at some <laughs> point. So, <laughs> And so I start watching this video, like five ways to create passive income. And then, and number, and number one, is create an Amazon shipping oh, business. Like FBI okay. Business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. So I turn off the video. I'm such a dummy. I turn off the video. I basically start to open this Amazon shipping business. This is too much hassle. So after like two weeks, I go back to the same video. You, you gave it a whole two weeks? Yeah. <laughs> then you watched right. number two. Did like, number two. I was going to sell cat teepees <laughs> on Amazon. Like a, you buy a teepee for your cat and put it in your house and your cat like sits in a teepee. So this, I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is not my path. So I go back to the same video. And the second thing is like, oh, flip a house. And I was like, what? Okay. Like I'm in real estate. 
And so I knew nothing, genuinely, never met a contractor, never. When I would see nice houses on the MLS, I would think, wow, how on earth did the realtor get this client to do all these renovations? Like, I can't get my clients to do shit. And uh, so I didn't even know flipping was a thing. I was that (laughs) dumb. Seriously. And really just so I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bar is low, right? <laughs> and so I, I watched this video. It says flip houses. I said, okay, great. So I had like sixty grand, which when you're is in twenties, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. You know, but I had been like saving some money, so I had sixty grand. And I I knew nothing, genuinely. Didn't know how I was going to get the money. Didn't have a contractor. Didn't just nothing. I didn't listen to Bigger Pockets. I didn't do any of that. And so I went and bought a house at auction. Just like, bam. I would just watch this video. I'm a doer, you know? I don't think too much. I've never done a spreadsheet. That's probably I just why kinda, you've been successful. I just do <laughs> shit. And so I went and I bought this house at auction in oh man brian's road maryland <laughs> where the heck is brian's road maryland it's like very it's south uh on what five so mm-hmm. you go past fort washington past yeah. acokeek it's like so charles county technically it is charles county yeah. yeah so i buy this house at auction i got hard money 12 percent three points damn yeah so my first, I think my first flip was four points, 15%. Yeah, yeah. Lost money. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how, like, in retrospect, like, I don't know how you make profit with that, but I know. somehow people did and do, right? Well, gosh, it was such a different time, right? Because, and everything was way cheaper. I, I, I did that entire house. Well, first of all, I didn't have a contractor. I didn't really know anyone. And I tried to interview some contractors so i had them over the house and they would basically look me up and down and i'm you know i'm not like the worst looking woman so <laughs> i they would like look me up and down and be like oh yeah baby i help you out <laughs> i was like oh no this isn't working oh my god so uh my, my and my husband is not involved like in real estate or in my business like whatsoever but in 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 this particular case, like I was, I was brand new and I, I, we were dating at the time and he said he had a friend he went to high school with who was a contractor. So basically I, he came to the house. I ended up using him. He did the whole project and I, I replaced everything like the roof, the windows, kitchen, bathrooms, HVAC, like everything, $65,000. Okay. Total, which that's an incredible price today, yeah. right? What like year was you, that, that about? Uh, 16 or 17, oh, 2016, yeah. 2017. Uh, <laughs> and I, I I bought it for 152,000, sold it for 300. I made after everything 22,000. Mm. First flip, it went great. I mean, it was like, hey, I will say that's and not so passive income though. That's like a no, job. No, yeah. no, yeah, definitely <laughs> so it's not. That was on that list of ways to make passive income. Yeah, yeah right? It's like the least passive thing ever. Close it, next to it's Airbnb. Definitely not. 
Well, Airbnb is worse. I I would say that it's worse. Well, the benefits over time are better, yes. But I think that um, it's more of a hassle for for my personality type anyways or what I want to do. But I've liked flipping ever since. And uh, it's... It's done me well. I I've I did a lot in Maryland, a lot, because it's again, it's cheaper there, cheaper market. You can get like a good margin. Yeah, I different was, clientele though. I always tell people for if you're looking at Maryland versus Virginia, right? You can almost like fold a piece of paper in half, and every part of Virginia has an equivalent part of Maryland, mm-hmm. but the Maryland equivalent's a hundred thousand dollars cheaper than. The Virginia Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So Bethesda is cheaper than Arlington. Potomac's cheaper than McLean. Mm-hmm. Um, Rockville is cheaper than Fairfax and so on and so forth. Yeah. Very uh, good equivalents. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, but yeah. And then once I made enough money, I started flipping in Virginia. And it's, oh gosh, it's so much better there. It's it's nice. I love the houses. It, it it really also, I was young too when I started. And it's very difficult getting into real estate as, as a realtor, um, getting clients like when you're 22, 23, 24, right? So, right, Sarah? No. And so, <laughs> uh yeah. And so it definitely like catapulted my business mm-hmm. because it people loved it. Like and I posted a lot of I have always posted a lot of before and afters and people love that. They like eat it up. And so it just it made me look good. It made me look like professional people, you know, wanted to do business with me. And so it really helped my realtor business as mm-hmm. well. For sure. And then your clients saw that you had the success record in the mm-hmm. flipping and your clients, you're selling to high net worth people, obviously, being in Virginia in your real estate business. Yeah. So then they obviously have money, but maybe not the time to do something like flipping. I feel like everyone is interested in the idea for of flipping sure. a house, but the oh my execution God. is so difficult and not for everyone. So being able to give you money, they know you're gonna their money's going to come back to them. You've been able to kind of scale your flipping a little bit in that way. Well, I don't take money from like private people. I mean, I have a few times recently, but we're talking about like half a million plus Mm -hmm. cash. Okay. Like, I do not want to raise 10 or 20 grand from 20 people. Absolutely not. I would not even accept. I think that minimum if you like want to invest with me 200 would be apps bare minimum i mean really i would want like 250 to be my bare minimum but it, it be you know because i i i just don't have again i'm not big on like the spreadsheets or anything like that so i'm not I'm and I'm definitely not going to like talk you into it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you should invest with me for these reasons, and I'm going to show you this, you know, PowerPoint presentation. Not going to happen. You yeah. know, it's like if you if you want to give me your money, it better be a lot of it, and you got to be silent, silent yeah. partner you, cause only. Because the, the way you present it is as an opportunity to them. Absolutely, yeah. They're not I mean, doing you a favor. And you're doing them I have a, favor. a good yes. I have a good track record. I I do great flips they always sell uh they sell well for a a lot of money i have sold flips for over a million um and yeah so 
I don't, I would rather, I don't want to deal with the hassle Mm -hmm. of, and I definitely don't want like a partner that's really involved. So I I, I definitely would rather a silent partner. Uh, the, The last person that gave me money for a flip, it was, you know, over over 500,000 and totally silent partner. Like they saw, what they you, saw the house one time. What are you paying? Are you paying them back a percentage or an equity piece in the- With them. Yeah. And that was the first time I've done that. So it was equity piece. And because they were most of the money, so they they paid for the acquisition and I paid for construction and we split it 50-50. Okay. Okay. So because that was the first time mm-hmm. and they had that personality. And the renovations, tied. not a cheap amount of money. Oh, no. 120,000. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 120. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So th- I did 50-50 with them because that was like the first time doing that. But I, I, I mean, I probably wouldn't do that again unless it was a lot, a lot of money again. And they were, I mean, but they made in the four months over $60,000 back on their money. Mm-hmm. You know, like they gave me $500,000 and made back in 120 days, six, and that was half of the profit. Yeah, so that's 60, about a- Over 60 grand. 35% annualized they rate They were so. happier yeah. than clams, man. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, they, you, you know, they would happily want to invest with me again. And that's great. But uh, I mean, the market's a little tough for, for flips right now. I yeah. have had over my flipping career about four partners, like people that I've partnered with. Two have been contractors. Um, and, you know, one uh, big money and then, you know, well, and then Lauren, you know, yeah. who's a realtor and she has money, has time, has all the things, right? So, but every single one of of the people that I have like partnered with would partner with me again. Like we have great relationships and um, it's gone well every single time, luckily, you know, yeah. So how many flips are you doing? And it's probably ramping down now with with the way the market is, but Mm, on average (laughs) over the last few years, how many flips a year have you been doing? Um, just a few. So, I mean, overall, I've only done about 15. I'm not, it, it's, it's really. So like three a year. So. I, yeah. I hate to say it's like a hobby, but tr- truly it's like, I'm not yeah. living on that money and it's something that I enjoy doing. I, I, I do it for my Instagram fans. Um, I like to give the people what they want, <laughs> you know? And so that's why I do it basically. Yeah. But you hate as an agent working with flippers. Oh, as, I, yeah. Well, I don't. <laughs> I don't do work I. with yeah. them. I don't work with them because it's like, dude, I if I'm finding a great opportunity, like I'm gonna buy it. it. Yeah. I'm not gonna give it to you. Like well, Anna, <laughs> you you said you're very action oriented. You will just yeah. You don't overthink things. The majority of flippers, mostly the ones we work with, Oof. they think about things so much that they never get started. Way too much. Yeah. The analysis paralysis. Yeah. And what happens is maybe we have some clients we started talking to, what, two years ago when I first started. They still haven't bought anything. No rates have gone way. Up. Rates have gone up three times and they're just not going to be able to get started. Yeah, if when you I, wait for the right time, like there's never right there's time. Never like, there's, right there's never a good time. There's never a good time to like, you know, 
anything, like have kids or or it, to to start any like big life thing, it's like yeah. the the right time is not coming. Yeah. Like you just mm-hmm. gotta do. You just gotta do. You know, and then get comfortable with it, get used to it. I mean, yeah, people are like, oh, I don't want to pay 10, 11, 12% hard money right now. I'm like, well, I got my start at 15%, right. four points. Yeah. Um, and look at me now, yeah. you know, it's like, do I, I don't regret that. Yeah. Absolutely not. And now you're Any not even having things. to use hard money because you've created right. this track record. People trust you. You've developed raving fans in that capacity that are willing to just give you money. Mm-hmm. It's not a sales pitch. You're offering them something. Yeah. We're, we have so many people ask us like how to get started. No money down. Like they want to <laughs> do hard money with 0% down payment, other people's money, all that stuff. And it's like, if you have no track record of success, yeah. Who in their right mind would give you 100% LTV to do anything? Yeah. Well, and a lot of people reach out to me, like you said, like mm-hmm. everyone and their mother wants to be a flipper or like wants to flip a house, like likes the idea or they watch HGTV, which, mm-hmm. y- you know, I've never watched any of that mm-hmm. ever. But anyways, yeah. Um, and they love the idea so much. And I get a lot of people that reach out to me about it all the time, you know, and they, I mean, it's to the point where I say to them, look, do you have, it used to be a hundred, but now it's 200. I'm like, do you have $200,000 cash liquid mm-hmm. right now? You know, and if it's a no, then that's the end of the conversation. Like, it's not like they, I'm sorry, but like there is no other way. Like you've got to have money to like get in this game. Um, And it was a lot less when I started with my 60,000. Yeah, sure. But it's higher now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I ask people how much money they have. And Uh then my next question is, are you willing to lose it? Right. Because. Oh, I don't say that. I I don't lose money. A flip's not not guaranteed money. It's hot. It's a high risk endeavor sure. right so like high risk well, high russell reward fundraise yeah. <laughs> fun <laughs> well russell you lost money on your first couple of flips i lost money on my first three flips Probably yeah why you don't do it anymore but yeah. i mean well but it's like that's a great lesson right it's like look i didn't go to college i i don't know it costs a lot of money apparently but i would have much rather yeah, lost, lost plenty money. Of money on my degree too yeah <laughs> Losing money left and right. But I I would have rather lost money doing something like, yeah, Yeah. learning something like flipping or investing. I always tell people the money I lost on those first few flips is made you the millions. Best yeah. Education I could pay for. For so wait, sure. So you're saying it's not worth it to not take any action and pay 10 grand for a course instead? No, that's a bad idea. <laughs> That's what people I, do. You know, yeah. Well, but it's not bad for everyone. Like I have a client who's a doctor. She's very high income and she paid, you know, over $10,000 for a course. But then she bought like a few apartment buildings off of it, you know? So yeah. it's not the worst thing for everybody. Just saying, sorry. Well, no. no I mean, maybe you shouldn't do it, but that's like one case. But I'm sure <laughs> that's like you, a magic that pill. I saw it work well. Yeah. Right. So 90% of small businesses fail. 87% of people that try to go into real estate sales fail. Oh, yeah. So it's definitely. probably very similar. The amount of people that want to flip a house or become investors, probably about 90% of them fail. So 90% of the people giving that 10 grand away to the course mm. are either never going to do something or just fail and trying to, right? And You're so, right. But 10% of the people will succeed. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so and that's great. Yeah. If that gives you the motivation, momentum, or I'm the too basic cheap. understanding I, on how to do that stuff, I just um, watched a YouTube video. Yeah. It's not that hard, you know. Well, like you don't have to. You don't have to pay ten grand. There's so much free education out there, and the thing is, is like, okay, yeah, there's lots of education. There's there are. Uh, there's lots of information, but you have to do something about right. it. The mm-hmm. only reason, like, I'm not a genius, okay? Like, I just did something, mm-hmm. you know? I just m- went forward with it. I just took the risk. I um, – no analysis paralysis for me, you know? Like, I yeah. just did it because I cannot – I only understand – by doing Mm -hmm. i can't really i don't learn like that well so i always like to say life doesn't happen like a spreadsheet right so everyone like gets analysis paralysis looking at the spreadsheets when i walk into a property i'm not like (laughs) oh the the kitchen counter i mean i do know how much things cost per square foot right i could budget it useless thank you but i walk into a house and after years of experience, I know how much it costs to renovate that house. Absolutely. Right? So I don't need, like, when people are, like, asking me, like, well, how much are the counters going to be? How much I'm are the floors? How much are this? And I'm like. You're, even a yeah. contractor is not going to tell you that stuff. They're no. not going to give you an itemized receipt. No. And the number is always going to be higher if you're new than what you want it to be. Yeah. If you're, you but if you're doing that. it all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I know how much things are yeah. going to cost because yeah. I'm renovating things. I mean, sometimes you're, not, you're not going, I'm not going to buy this house because the countertops will be too much to replace. You're looking at the big Never. picture. No. And if the Delta is not large enough between what you want to make and what you're going to buy it for, am I going to renovate it for yeah. it? You just don't buy it. But it's just an idea. It's not like yeah. this drilled down. I pretty, like, I pretty much. This is 120000 renovation. This one's a $200,000 renovation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I only do full gut rehabs. Only. I keep nothing. Nothing mm-hmm. is spared in the flips that I do. So my budget is my budget, it, you know, based on the size of the house and what level I'm going to make do the finishes. Like, mm-hmm. I know how much it's going to cost. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see the inside. I don't need. I've bought lots of my flips, totally sight unseen, never even drove by because I just know my numbers, I know what I'm going to do. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Are you doing them with an LLC or just in your name? Yeah, I do. I do my flips with an LLC. Yes. Yes. Okay. People are obsessed with LLCs. So I just need to. Yeah, I have lots of LLCs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lauren and I have one. I've had one for like other partnerships. Mm-hmm. We've created them. It, it, you know, you kind of have to create one if you're in a partnership. Right. Um, so I've had a few that way. And yeah, I mean, when you're do when you're getting hard money, mm-hmm. it's it's easier to 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 buy it and and, and in an LLC. I think a lot of the lenders require it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't really do like a, a commercial loan with anything. I mean, you could do a personal one if you're living in the property. But yeah, other than that. hard money has gotten a lot more complicated. Like they used to just kind of give it to you. And now they want all this stuff. <laughs> it's like they they just didn't. Used it's almost to be like, like there's like people that. doing fraud out there. Ruining <laughs> yeah. it for the rest of us who want to do fraud. Oh, well, yeah, they really ruined it. When clients sure. ask me if they should have an LLC or not, I'm like, I always it just depends that. on what the bank wants, right? So most of my properties are in 
uh, my name or my wife's name. But, yeah. But I have two that are in LLCs, not because I wanted asset protection, but because the bank would only lend to the LLC. Yeah. Right? Most None. people screw them up anyway. Yeah. Like well, my, my LLC provides no liability protection. Oh, it's yeah, exactly. It is only it's completely, such BS. Yeah. And none of my, like, the properties that I own are in an LLC. Yeah. All of the my long-term holds or all the properties that I own currently are in my personal name. And, like, and just in my personal name. So, yeah. like... I thought, and like I'm married, right? So like I thought that when it, you're married in Virginia, like if you buy if you buy property, then it's just like automatically automatically theirs too, like Commonwealth, whatever. But apparently, <laughs> it does not work yeah. like that. But I we do it that way because you can only have ten conventional mortgages, mm -hmm. yeah. and I'm get really like getting close to that. And so once. I'm out of mortgages, then I can start to put them in only my husband's name. And then we can have, you know, 19, 20, mm -hmm. as opposed to 10. And then when you get to Great. that, you can get divorced and get another husband and get 10 more. <laughs> put them in your kids' names. Yeah, yeah, I'll put them in my kids' names, you know, or uh, something, you know, put them in, put them in my kids' or names. Sell a couple yeah. by a multifamily. How old do you have to be to... 18? No. Do, do you have to be 18? To pass something so in your name. You got to be 18, but right also to get a mortgage, you need two years of tax returns. So, yeah. well, right. It, it, she could have the mortgage on it. But, oh, but, that, yeah. Or, well, no, that's her problem right. saying. Yeah, yeah. Right. She because, gonna, right. yeah, I don't. I'm thinking like title. At yeah. that point, like. She's going to hire our kids and start paying them a salary <laughs> so that they have the tax yeah, returns. Right. If you guys have 20 properties, that you could sell one or two by a multifamily. That's it, one mortgage. Let me tell you, you don't yeah, want that many properties. Yeah, but also you can just. It, well, yeah, maybe I don't want twenty, yeah. right? Because you just upgrade the the bad properties to better to, properties to, to, to better exactly, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I've definitely um, started to go more for quality mm -hmm. over. It's definitely quality over quantity. And you know, I mean, dude, bigger pockets conference last year. I forget that you might remember the guy's name. There was a breakout session and it was not packed at all, which shocked me because I loved it. It was like how to get to this financial independence number or whatever with as little properties as possible. Might be, uh, might have been yeah, Chad like Carson. good properties. Yeah. And I love that because I feel like all of Investors in general yep. are like obsessed with the idea of as many as possible. No. Scale, scale, scale. But like that's my worst nightmare. I want to do it in yeah, as it little properties as possible. <laughs> as little as little people on people interaction as I have yeah. to do. I yeah. mean, my rental properties are worth I mean. Yeah. Uh you know, probably four million dollars yeah. all together, you know. I have I mean, just one of them. My so like Rose really, Hill house is worth like you could not add to them at all and mm -hmm. just let them pay down over time. Yeah, and boom, you've hit you know a good retirement number. And it's like if I'm buying fifty thousand dollar houses in Cincinnati, Ohio, which is where I'm from. Shout out Cincinnati. Um, then I you you know how many that's so a many. lot and people love yeah, the I idea don't deal with that long distance is no way Ooh. no long distance is not something that i'm interested in mm -hmm. i want to be a, a, not even in maryland because i live in virginia i want my properties to be in virginia and the, the the 
properties that I have bought recently. Oh, I only have the two in Maryland, my first two, and all my other ones are in Virginia. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about sort of three pillars of your business so far, short-term rentals, long-term rentals, flipping. Let's talk about the fourth pillar of your business. You're in real, real estate, estate sales, sales where you spend oh, most of your time. I always forget. I'm a realtor. Yeah. She's yeah. a smart boy. What's your new uh, Instagram handle? Sold by Madeline. Yeah. I made the mistake a year ago of telling Madeline that I didn't like her Instagram oh, handle and it sent her into a doom spiral. No. Well, it was, what, what was it? Uh, oh, Madeline Smart Realtor. Okay, yeah, so how I long did, did, I didn't that know. is because my maiden name is Smart. And yeah, I didn't so how know long that. She didn't know smart. me then. Oh. I thought I didn't know she her maiden name. She didn't know that smart. my maiden name was Smart, and that's why. So how many years did you keep that as your Instagram handle after getting married and changing your name? Like years. Yeah. Years. Yeah, she had it on her car on a bumper sticker. <laughs> I saw her in traffic. I was like, hmm, hey, girl. So you just thought like she was calling herself a smart, smart. realtor? I was like, I mean, I like the confidence, but it's a little I'm, funky. I'm really not that smart. <laughs> so, yeah, I wouldn't claim it. Um, so you're but pretty, yeah, made a name. You're pretty successful in real estate sales. You were yeah. very successful. You were an NAR 30 under 30. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, honey. <laughs> yeah. Last Front year. cover, Realtor Magazine. Thank you. Last what year, year you were the. 2021. The 99th ranked realtor <gasps> in the state of Virginia. Yeah. I mean, I made top 100 by the skin of my teeth. Literally. Ranked in at 99. I thought that was hilarious. I mean, yeah, I mean number 99. <laughs> a win is a win. A win is a win. For sure. For sure. I'm jealous. I've never broken the top 100. Okay. Last year I was 187. The year before, 101. I, we're always neck and neck. Yeah. I am with you. Yeah. Um. And Virginia's got more realtors yeah, than uh, Maryland. Yeah, Does it? Yeah. Like a lot more? Not a lot more, but yeah. like, a, like well, a few thousand more. they're about to drop like flies. Yeah. So. <laughs> Those numbers are already going down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I was talking to boss man, Justin, yeah. on the phone the other day. We had he, him on the podcast last week. I know. Week. I yeah. listened to it. Loved it. Um, he was telling me that lenders have already dropped out like mm-hmm. 50%. Oh, I've seen several lenders I know that are in different careers. Mm-hmm. Burgers, um, honey. I won't say what careers are in because they'll call them out, but... Uh, no. Only no, no, fans? No. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's a saturated market. No value add there. But you know, yeah, not, they couldn't make no it there either. <laughs> yeah. You know, lenders are hurting way more than agents because mm. I get... 10, 12, 15 calls a week from lenders wanting to have coffee. Yeah. When a year ago, that number was like one a month, two a month. Right. And it's so annoying. It sucks. And I'm like, good lenders too. Yeah. I'm like, sorry, but uh, the only buyers I'm closing right now are cash ones. Yeah. Like, like, I don't have mm -hmm. any business to send you. Or they're going with like cheap credit unions and that'll give them like 7% rates and right. ends up being way more at the closing table. Well, the thing is like they want to take us out, wine and dine us and and for us to send them business. It's like, we don't have well, <laughs> the lender relationship that I want is why don't you send me a client? You know, mm-hmm. how how about instead of instead of taking me out, however, but I I, I I'm lying because I don't do that in practice. The My number one lender that I use, I don't think has ever sent me a deal. But I 
I just really like her, you know? Mm -hmm. I just really, really can trust her. All of my mortgages are with the same woman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all of them. One, uh, a couple of my lenders send us deals. Um, okay, actually, nice. I, think about, I like that. I think about actually three. We, so I think we have five or six preferred lenders and three mm -hmm. of them send us deals. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we're a little different too because the investor client is For so sure. cheap. <laughs> like, and like, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being cheap as when it comes down to numbers, but they're going to go with some random lender they find on the internet that gives them a percentage point oh, for then zero loyalty even there. when i'm like you want someone who answers the phone and does this but they don't give and you, know, no, you no, can no. blame them at this point if it's a difference of a point but you know right for sure right so many times the deal falls apart because of that Oof. low ball person who said that right you have a deal blowing up right now because I have of a, a massive deal because blow of up pain right on the now. butt lender Internet not lender. one of ours Nope, yes. not so. And and I'm finding it because it's not our job to qualify these buyers. I don't know my buyer's financial situation. I don't want to know. Correct. I want to know like if they can afford it, which is the lender's job. I want to be able to trust the lender, know that they can afford it. I think that's right. a pretty reasonable expectation. Mm -hmm. That did not happen. Yeah. So in this, this lender says what your yeah, buyer needs like to me. ten more grand in the bank um, or something <sighs> like that, and so it's, it's an, always yeah. the closing cost. It, it, and you're well, like, it's a no well, doc loan. They destroy you yeah it's a no doc loan but they it's a dscr so there's reserve requirements you got to have mm. six months he's borrowing the money for the down payment and the reserve requirements using a heloc on an investment property um interesting yeah so we got to get the heloc increase it's been this whole thing um but with reserves for any even no doc loans some percentage of those reserves have to come cannot be borrowed they have to come from the borrower's own assets that's liquid they never checked his assets yeah. And Zero the lender dollars. did not know the reserve requirements of the loan Lend that he was brokering. Lender didn't know the reserve requirements. And, you know, of course, blowing up at me about it, saying, well, it's a no-doc loan. We're not supposed to check the docs. I was like, you knew the reserve requirements were X right. percentage. You knew that with this type of loan. Even if it's no-doc, it's your purview to look into if they have that money in their account. So now we're having to have them deposit cash and not that season. And it's just... Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Season for how long? 11 days. We've already pushed closing twice. It's just... Only 11 days. Oh, that's not bad. Because, yeah. you know, FHA requirement, which I think I've, I have done two FHA loans like ever in my entire <laughs> career, which it, it, never I do them. Yeah. Um, but to, I've d tried to do FHA clients three times ever in my years and two fell through mm -hmm. <laughs> never closed and one closed mm -hmm. and and the really? one that closed was with the lender that i have been using all these years and that all my mortgages are with what happened like my number one lady carolyn flitcroft by the way oh that's love her, her. When I was Do you know her? You sent me to her last year when I was looking at buying a place in D.C. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, listen, lady, I have $1. What can you do? And she was like, do this, she this, was this, like, this, I'm and this. working it out. <laughs> she thinks outside the box. It, she can just finagle to yeah. make things happen. And she's and not I just salesy. love that. Yeah. She, I'm just like, tell me what I need to do to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And she... Will tell me what I need to do, and and we make it happen together. It's yeah. great. She's not salesy. That's the difference. Definitely like, not real estate because we're three of us. I'd say are like real estate nerds. We're gonna refer you to people who are also real estate nerds. They spend their name their days doing math and like figuring out workarounds for stuff. They don't spend their days doing sales. They're not calling you. They're not like yeah. bothering you. 
And she doesn't bother me. She doesn't like ask me for business and she doesn't like we've gone out to lunch a few times, stuff like that, Mm -hmm. you know, over the years. Yeah, yeah. Um, But she she's just cool, you know, and I just trust her. Mm -hmm. I just trust her. I know that she's going to get it done. Like I do not need to be um, down her throat. She's not going to pre-approve someone without checking their... Never. (laughs) Yeah, never. She's honest. And if it's not going to work, it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, even when when I'm on the listing side, right, and the buyer's agents are calling me to sell their offers and I'll call the lenders, right, that that their pre-approvals come with, like, the questions I ask them, have you verified their assets? Most of the time, yes, but sometimes it's no. I'm like, well... Why'd you issue a pre-approval if you haven't verified their assets? And then uh, this uh, this would come up a lot. It won't be an issue going forward. But right, if I'm if I'm listing a, a multifamily home and I get all the offers in, and this one offer looks good and it's FHA, and I know that the property doesn't meet the FHA self sufficiency test, mm-hmm. and I'll be talking to the buyer's lender like, "Hey, I see you wrote this pre-approval. They don't um, have a clue, you know." do you realize that this property is unlikely to meet the FHA self-sufficiency test? And they'll say, what's that? Because they've never never done a multifamily um, loan. And I'm like, do you think you should be writing pre-approvals for multifamilies if you don't know the basics of underwriting a multifamily property? Right. Um, And people are clueless, right? So it's why you got to listen to your agent. When they're sending you you to a lender, like, trust us. Those lenders are good. Yeah. Particularly I mean, if you want yeah. like a low down payment, you're yeah. like the investor minded, you want a house hack, there's going to be way yeah. more rules as to how you can borrow that money. You have to work with the lender who knows what they're and doing. Some of these lenders know how to get exceptions to the mm-hmm. underwriting guidelines and aren't, others have never applied for an exception in their life. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, you guys work with a lot of investors. Like I do not really work with investors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I work with regular people. I work with a lot of VA clients. I work with a lot of other moms because I'm a mom. And that's why you're not doing I'm FHA a married loans. mom. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So um I, you know, my clients are basically are other moms that I know and like people for my gym and then like VA clients. Um, but they it it it's just totally different. And then I do try to tell people they just the very, very bare bones basics of like, hey, you're single or whatever, don't have kids. You should, if it's like a friend of mine or something, you should buy a primary residence mm-hmm. and then rent it out after a year or two and, and buy then another buy another property. Does that blow their mind? I mean, no one listens to me. I just feel like no one listens to me. It's, it's the so easiest annoying. way to invest because it's the best way. Every two years, once and repeat. Yeah. Just do that. If you just do that, you can build you can build a portfolio of yeah. great properties. You can and that will pay you forever that you can retire on that. I mean, it's it is the best way. You get a better rate. You get low down payment on primary residence. You get a better rate on primary residence, and there is you can live there for a year, buy another one. There's no like real like time requirement on that. Um, but only a couple people ever have like listened to me on, on this. It's and like when it's they such do, a simple thing. Yeah. And when they do, as an I agent, 
you're happy because now your clients are starting to build wealth. Yes. But additionally, you're creating a pipeline of quick Buyers. future clients because yeah. now your clients are repeating within one year, within two years. And, and you so, won't regret it. Yeah. You know, well, I do yeah. have this one client who they had a house. I rented it out. They wanted to move uh, closer north, like Alexandria. Um, and they bought a townhouse with me, rented it out. They lived there probably like six months. They were like, it's too small. And so they rented it out, got great amount of rent. Amazing. And this was a VA client. So he it was 0% down on that one. The rent like well covered the mortgage. That's shocking. Yeah. Well, this was a couple of years ago okay. when rates yeah. were like amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they bought, they rented that out, bought another house with me, and um, are happily living in that house. Um, and they have two rental properties, okay. like long term rental properties. And this, this is great for them, you know. And it's like a savings it, account, it, it, it's a wonderful savings account that's like appreciating and. All you have to do is just buy the first one, right? But that's not really like what I preach or however. I I sell regular homes to to regular regular people, families, however. But um, that is definitely, I would say, the best way to get started for sure, Mm -hmm. for sure. If you want to be an investor or however, it's like it's not – the sexy stuff like the sexy stuff is the sexy stuff is great i love it but it's um you know i i do those things because i have a high risk tolerance and i'm already in real estate so it's like if you want to be an investor flipping a house is not the way to go really it's it's Flipping house Starting is just slow. Buying, yeah, yeah. Oh. It, it's and you need so much money, but when you can buy a primary residence, it's where you're living anyways. You're already spending money to live, so that's the that's the way to go for now sure. We have five percent down conventional, no self sufficiency tests for multifamily for owner occupants. So, but no excuse. Now. There's only multifamily in like DC and then in Maryland and like in Baltimore. Like in my market in Virgin in Northern Virginia, Fairfax County. <laughs> yeah, there is no, multifamily is not a thing. Yeah, it does not exist. Even in Baltimore, it's very limited. Even if it exists, like okay, sure. I know a couple people that have, you know, three unit built uh, triplexes in Arlington. Yeah, they're worth two million dollars, dude. Yeah. Like, so it's just not feasible. I looked yeah. this duplex in Arlington over the weekend, and it was one six one seven, <laughs> and like it was not great. Yeah, like, in a total pos. Yeah. Um, at that point, you're looking at lot size and like, can I build up? Can I build back? Like, what's the land worth? If you worth? can add a bunch, of, if you can yeah. add to it, you know, that'd be great. But, but a lot of these bougie places, come on, Montgomery man. County now too, their zoning is becoming stricter and stricter and stricter to like not allow density. So, well, Arlington recently like passed the rezoning. But, yeah, but they like, are. the realistic thing with Arlington is when you look at the lot of land, is the developer going to go in there and say? Oh, am I going to build three townhouse style homes here for one million each, mm-hmm. or am I just going to go ahead and build 
the and three and a half million for, dollar home. Exactly. Right. Yeah. They're going to still. Like so even though the zoning's changed, mm-hmm. it's not going to change what the market demands for that location. Absolutely. Yeah. And the neighbors. Yeah. yeah. Not happy. Yeah. They have the arms in there. Exactly. Invest, <laughs> like neighbors don't want apartments. Yeah. No. Anywhere. Ever. But in Virginia, no, no, the no. only place Definitely to find multifamily is in Old Town and in Arlington. And on average, there's only six sales per year. Per in, year. Per year yeah. in those two. And like, the average price it's is not around. upwards of close to two million. And even even if you go farther out, like even you know it, Loudoun County, even doesn't south, exist in Loudoun. Doesn't right, exist it in does Fairfax. not exist. There's a so handful people in reach Fredericksburg. Out, they like, want to buy a duplex or whatever. Honey, it's DC. It ain't here. DC yeah. or bust. Yeah. Well, DC, yeah. Baltimore. And even Baltimore, the nice neighborhoods, you have maybe five sales yeah. a year. Fed Hill maybe had four of like legitimate. You'll see a lot of non-conforming. That, right. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. Like s- something that it's kind of deeper. They changed Your property it into. taxes are higher and the quality, like those are tired landlords. They haven't been putting in these 150 year old houses. Yeah. It's similar in a lot of ways to DC. But they need work, and a lot of investors don't want to do that work. Like structural issues are pretty common. A lot of times they've been fixed, but still, you're coming from Virginia. You see structural, you're like, eh, I don't know yeah. Citywide in oh, Baltimore, yeah. there's about uh, fifty different. to sixty per year that sell in the entire city, in the entire right? and city. most of them are not in the, the those primo neighborhoods. Correct. DC has about a hundred per year that sell, mm-hmm. um, right? That's still not a lot out of tens of thousands of home sales. Yeah. And with the rates the way they are, my clients are iffy. They don't want to, they're like, well, they've been sitting on the market longer. Like, what's wrong with them? But every time they end up buying a multifamily, they're so happy they did it and they get great cash flow yeah. from it. It's well, like, anytime that you buy real estate, people are not regretting it. I mean, I have not, not common, seen that yeah. in my- <laughs> They never regret it. In just my, getting them. I, I don't regret any- property that I've bought. I, I've had definitely regret selling property. Mm-hmm. Like I wish that I would have kept that first flip that I ever did. I mean, oh, the, oh, the cash flow that it would be yeah. uh, bringing me today. But, you know, not everything is for Well, it's like the novice holding. wants to examine the whole property on some spreadsheet that has nothing mm-hmm. to do with life. And like my clients ask me, or particularly newer clients, like ask me like, well, do you have something like, do you have a spreadsheet I can analyze this? I'm like, no, I don't. No. Well, how do you analyze Three the property? Numbers. I'm like, well, I know how much it costs. Yeah. I know how much it'll rent for. Yeah. And they're like, and, you know, then they start getting confused. They're like, well, what what's a good one or a bad one? I'm like, none of them are good. Case none of them are case. bad. All of them over the course of time are going to be roughly the same, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. hey, this year, Alexandria might go up a little bit more in value than Arlington. Next year, Arlington might go up a little bit more. Over the course of 10 years, it's going to be the same. How much Your rent's going to go up in both locations, roughly the same. Like, right. One location's not better than the other. It's not an real estate in general is not an exact science. This no. like like you said, price per square foot. Never in Useless. my career <laughs> yeah. have I. We can't predict. have I even even looked 
at price per square foot. Yeah. It, it matter. The only time that's going to matter is like price. Oh, what's price per square foot in Ohio as opposed to California? Okay, but not in an in yeah. a neighbor. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't account for anything else. And you and, can't predict ten years from now. Oh, they're going to put Amazon HQ two there, so I should buy there now. By the time they start rumoring it, the prices have already started yeah. to rise. You're the and last. The company's trendy. Five years before the consumers yeah. know. Nothing you're hearing on Inman is going to like correctly inform yeah. your portfolio decisions. Just buy property, hold on to it, don't sell it, and you'll end up with money. Absolutely. People are just yes. very short-sighted. Amen My to TED that. talk. Well, you can tell we give this conversation every single day. <laughs> buy houses. Yeah. Don't be poor, as Madeline said. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. But like, and I can't buy anything right now. Like I got just as a function of being two years old and having no money. But <laughs> yeah. but I would. Like then the people ask me, would you buy this? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I would. <laughs> well, I just tried to get a HELOC recently and I was turned down because mm-hmm. they count uh they looked at all your debt across yeah, all your properties. So like yeah. rental property, they will not count rental property unless you've had it for more than two years. Mm-hmm. And like I've had like one of mine for over two years, yeah. you know, and so there was just no way yeah. Um, that like my my debt. But, but investors like on investor podcasts and everything, they talk about HELOCs all the time. Like they're, they're like they're so easy to get. And it's like if I can't get one, then well, we talk about this all Come the time on. that like the majority of those investor podcasts and stuff, what they're talking about does not apply to our market. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. For sure. And like you see the nightmares that happen and also half the shit these people are doing is illegal. <laughs> like no one wants to say that except we see articles all the time about these these bigger pocket gurus going to literal federal prison and then people are still not figuring it out. I didn't no. see that. What? It's like so many of them. Anyway, yeah, but yeah, the the fact of the matter is that if you overanalyze everything, you try to get the absolute best deal. Banks don't have any incentive to give you a 0% down payment on anything. That doesn't make sense as a business decision. And it's not doing you any favors when your LTV is that high too, because you have no leverage. Yeah. So yeah. Russell's moved on from the conversation. Yeah, He's like, I, I have uh, HD bros uh, texting me on how to get into a property. So. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but I have moved up. I bought a new house. You've done I, all of this in like five what, years. Like the, oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. So it is possible to scale quickly and effectively in an expensive market. Definitely. From being a broke 20 something. Yeah. Well, I had 60 grand. <laughs> hey, that's that's which by today's money is like nothing. No, it's like oh, a decent sorry. amount of money. No, I mean, yeah. so when I got <laughs> into the rental games, that's about how much money I had to work with, and yeah, that's what I started with. Yeah, you gotta have something. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and I also. But when I started flipping, I I stupidly was putting it on credit cards, and like ah, I really didn't have anything. Yeah, and that was during a time when like you didn't need money to get. Money. It was during the housing. Um, well, bubble. but you were doing something, yeah. and I. It, it's my belief that doing something is better than doing nothing. So even if even all the people that like put absolutely put I it on from, a credit card and and you know did whatever they had to do to 
um, do their first deal or first couple of deals, good on you. It'll work Good out. on you. It'll yeah, when I started out. flipping, so I was about between 60 and 70 grand in debt. And on my first three flips, that pushed me to about 90 grand in debt. Mm-hmm. And then that was a good decision. Does that like include hey. student loans and everything? Student loans, car loan, credit card loans. Yeah. Um, I've never yeah. been in like that much debt. I mean, I I, I don't have any other debt than yeah. my mortgage. I was smart. I, I was stupid enough I not never, to realize I, to I shouldn't be doing this and going more in the debt. So yeah. like it, it didn't weigh on me, probably in yeah. part too, because like now we see all these like news articles, right? Like about student debt and how it's cr- crushing. Guess what? 20 years ago, there was a lot of student debt too. We just didn't have a lot of news articles about it. Yeah. Um, but uh, so like we, every, all my friends came out of school with, you know, 50, 60, 70, 100, sometimes more than 100 grand in debt. And, Absolutely. But no one seemed to really care then, but people care now. It's gotten way more expensive too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As, as inflation happens, <laughs> prices go up, but so does your income, right? So no one... No one comes out of college today and you're and you're making twenty five thousand dollars. You're usually making fifty grand out of college. Yeah, but right? but incomes haven't raised. It's not enough, honey. Yeah, right. Like the average. You see that stat that was like the average home purchase. You have to make one hundred fifteen thousand or something to buy a home right now. Oh my gosh, more than that. I think oh, like that's area, average. Yeah. That's oh, like very oh, average. Oh, too, a- yeah. Average. Yeah, yeah, in our area. I mean, that. I think how much do you have to make to? I, I heard a stat that you have to make close to two hundred thousand to buy a five hundred thousand dollar house. Probably with twenty percent down, maybe. Although I don't know. No, I mean, that's with the interest high. rates, that seems really high. Yeah, really. I mean, but that's who. Uh, but who's five hundred thousand? Is is yeah. It was another area. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Condo. Yeah, <laughs> a couple white guys with a yeah, podcast. Yeah, don't listen to them. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, the barrier to entry for podcasting is also very low, as you can tell. Got it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Especially if you're having me on. <laughs> we run out of options. All right. So tell uh, tell the listeners where they can follow you at. Um. For sure. So um, my Instagram, my name is Madeline Lucier. Um, it's French, so it's L-U-S-S-I-E-R. But on Instagram, I'm sold by Madeline. Um, and my Facebook is Madeline Lucier. My website is MadelineLucier.com. Um, yeah. And so that's where to find me, but mm-hmm. you know, don't ask me about flipping houses. Yeah. Not interested. <laughs> Unless you have $200,000 cash and you're not going to ask her any questions. <laughs> well, this has been a great conversation. And sure. I love Thanks that you have so, so many different pillars of your business. Um, yeah. Every most people are doing one thing, sometimes two, but you're doing four different things. So I think that's really and interesting. As a lady, which is hard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyways, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you guys next week. That was a good episode. <laughs>